And welcome to Sunday Coffee in the Farm Bureau studios in downtown Startville. I'm Bart Gregory along with Charlie Winfield. And back during baseball season, we had Josh Lovelady stop by a couple of times, once before the season, once during the season, and offer his expertise of behind the scenes going on with baseball. And we decided to dip into our long laundry list of people and all we could come up with was Brad Peterson. Brad Peterson, formerly of the football staff. And, Charlie, there are upsets that happen every day in sports. And I'm not going to lie with you. I think right now we're seeing an upset because I never would have thought, never would have thought that Brad Peterson would be up this early on a Sunday morning. I would have lost that bet. I, I would have, have too. lost that bet, but we got it done. Brad, have you been to sleep? That's the question. We, the question I have right now is, have you closed your eyes? You know, now that my schedule has changed, I'm getting about 10 hours of sleep a night. So, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I was well-rested, ready to go. All right, so before we get into this, what are you doing now? You know, you retired, quote-unquote retired. Brad, we're not old enough to retire. And so just full disclosure, Charlie, and, of course, you know this, Charlie growing up had a little bit of Winston County flavor as well, but – how long have we known each other? What, we were like seven, eight years old? I think we started beating you in baseball pretty good. <laughs> uh, probably when I was about 10 or 11, y'all used to come to Louisville and play, and uh, we, we put it on y'all pretty good other than uh, you had a few good players there on the team, Derek and some of those guys. So The Rednecks come to town? Rednecks come to town. <laughs> so, Brad, let's first of all, before we get into that, I want to ask this question. Going back, you were a longtime high school coach. You won some state championships at Louisville. You're at Madison Central, Brandon, come work at Mississippi State. I think you're at Newton even, right? Newton and Forest. Okay, so don't want to leave anybody out. But this has been such a part of your life, coaching, and having that calendar turn to August. First of all, I think Bart asked you, what are you doing now? And second of all, how is life without that practice schedule, without that whistle around your neck these days? Well, first of all, I'm, I'm doing uh, business development for an engineer and architect firm, Machado and Patano, out of Biloxi. Uh, they're really strong on the coast, and they're wanting to expand north. And, you know, for them, north is Hattiesburg up. <laughs> and uh, so uh, got, to, got a chance to stay in Starkville, where we love living, uh, and working for those guys. And just like I said, doing business development, like I said, 180-degree difference from what I was doing for 25 years you know, and you hear a lot of people talk about COVID, and, and I don't think I could have done this without a COVID year. Uh, it was a situation where, you know, I, the year I hit my 25 years was a year that we had no recruits on campus. We weren't on the sidelines for any games. So here I was every Saturday. I could go to the games if I wanted to or didn't go to the games. I couldn't travel. Uh, so I was home every weekend because the team would leave on Friday. Well, they leave on Friday. Here we are home with our kids, going to the out to eat, whatever. Uh, Saturday, going over to friend's house, watching the Mississippi State game on TV, you know, and it, it, was, a, it was kind of a change of pace. At the home games, I was in, the, in, in some of the suites and boxes walking around, and, you know, even though you really weren't supposed to walk around, you know, I, I was, may have slipped into a box or two, and, you know, was able to watch the game again as a fan and, and be around a lot of, lot of friends. And uh, so – because of all that, then when this opportunity came up, it was the direction I was able to go. So you used a phrase right there I want to ask you about, and that's watch the game as a fan. I've always wondered if you're a coach that you're so plugged into looking at which lineman missed an assignment or 
whether a receiver rounded off his route, didn't cut it right. Are you able now to kind of decompress and watch a game as a fan? I, I really don't know because I've not done it. You know, I, I know I said I did it last year, but I was around a lot of fans, but I was still, when I was watching the game, I was watching what I was watching in practice every day. So I was watching those things that you're talking about. You know, this will be my first time to go to a game on a Saturday, and I've not been at practice all week or for a few weeks. And, you know, so it will be a lot different. Now, I still think I'll watch it, you know, through a coach's eyes. But so many times I think coaches get caught up watching the other coaches, you know, and trying to figure out what they're trying to do strategy-wise more than just really watching the game. I mean, you're, you're watching those coaches and saying, okay, what's, what's he thinking here? What's he fixing to do? What's the, what's the down and distance? What's the game situation? You know, if, if you've had a kid that's struggling, how's he handling that kid? You know, you like to look down there on the sidelines and see uh, how the coaches are talking to players on the sidelines, you know, because you, you, you kind of know as a coach who's screwing up or, or who made a really good play, you know, and just kind of – uh, or, or at the same time, you've kind of seen who had a great week in practice, may not be a starter, but you know the coaches are saying, hey, we want to try to get this kid some reps this week. You know, let's try to get this guy in a few few series series that matter. And so you're kind of watching that kid on the sideline too. So there's a lot goes into it. Just looking back to high school football for a minute, when so many people talk about high school football in the state of Mississippi, and you start talk, talking about the old guard, and you had some really good coaches – in Mississippi high school football. But for so many years, it was all built upon the I formation, running the wishbone. We ran the wishbone at Nanawalia. And it was a big thing for David Chambliss to to spread the field and go out of the shotgun. And then all of a sudden, with with you guys and other teams throughout the state, you know, Coach Barr down at Oak Grove, teams began to throw the football a little bit more. And, you know, you had success in doing that. And so for so many years, everybody talked about how the state of Mississippi was really far behind offensively, and you had the physicality. Are you now beginning to see with Mike Leach at Mississippi State and Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss and now Will down at at Southern Miss, are you kind of beginning to see the fruition of high school football that made the change 15, 20 years ago, that they can convert that to the college game now? Because used to you had to go out of state to get – a passing quarterback. Yeah, that's that's a hard one to answer because no matter what offense a high school is running, it still has to be coached right. Uh, and, and you see some teams that will go out there and they'll line up in four or five wide and they're throwing it every down just like they went out there and said, hey, let's run these plays and there's no coaching involved. I mean, I, I've been part of some uh, seven-on-sevens throughout the years, and I've seen some coaches, and I'm like, oh, my God. Just listen to the way they talk to their quarterback about progressions or lack thereof. And, and you know, so, yes, obviously it does help having people throw in the football and being able to find that guy. And, you know, I, I've always been a believer, and it's almost impossible to do, but I think it would be great in, high, in a high school program that when you're in the seventh grade, you've got eight quarterbacks, whether they play running back or, or left tackle or linebacker or whatever, but you're working eight quarterbacks. And then in eighth grade, you drop that number down to six. And in ninth grade, you've got your top four guys because you don't know in the seventh and eighth grade who's going to be able to throw the football and who's going to develop. Uh, now, that's really hard to do because you got 45, 50 minutes to practice, you know. But a lot of times you got guys that, that get missed – as a great quarterback because in the seventh and eighth grade, they uh, they look more like me and you do right now. 
You know, what are you saying? <laughs> Say a left tackle for you, Bart. <laughs> Pulling guard. You got the. Blind I still got side, quick babe. feet. <laughs> Most people don't know that we were quarterbacks, Bart. You know, it's hard to believe, isn't it? It's hard to believe, but uh, it does give you a better chance. And you do have like Neville Bard, Oak Grove. What he came in and was able to do throwing the football, and uh, you, you do have a lot of things. You know, when I was in high school, when you were in high school, if we threw the ball six times in a game. We had thrown it a lot of times. And, and four of those were to a tight end, right? <laughs> yeah, 44 hot. No, <laughs> After effect of the fullback. That's right. That's what I'm saying, absolutely. Uh, but as, as we, we went through it, and, and I can remember when I was at Newton, a first-year head coach, second-year head coach, we went and visited southeast Louisiana. Hal Mummy was the head coach. Uh, I went with Scott Cantrell, who was the head coach at Hamilton. Uh, we went down there and visited, and – and Mason Miller was a young coach on staff there. Wow. Uh, oh, wow. And I can remember I didn't like Mason then. I don't like him now. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we actually went, we're, went on vacation a little bit this year together. So uh, Mason's a good dude, man. Mason's a really good guy. And, and, and his daughter and my son are in the same grade. And uh, they studied World War II this year. And so we took them down to the World War II Museum together. Uh, and had a big time down there. But, yeah, that was the first time I'd ever met Mason. But went down there to study the passing passing offense, you know. And, and, and it's so funny, it was, you know, obviously Coach Leach's stuff that we were we were learning there. When you look at your years coming up, you talk about going to southeast Louisiana. Was there anybody in any coach in Mississippi high school football that you kind of really took lessons from? Yeah, a lot of people. I mean, obviously I played for Coach Hall, Bobby Hall, who, who was one of the best. And, there again, you know, we didn't throw the ball very much, but I learned so much from him on how to deal with players and how to coach and motivate and, and, and adapt your offense. And uh, I learned a lot from Coach Justice, you know, when he coached me at Lewis Full and, and just following his career. Uh, Marcus Bowles was a guy that coached me. He was an assistant coach at Lewis Full and, and I think one of the most, most successful coaches in the state of Mississippi and, you know, visiting with Marcus a lot and watching him and they throw the ball around. You know, but a lot of it is just what you believe in and what you can teach. You know, I can remember uh, everybody talks about running the outside zone, you know, and I'm, I, I was terrible at coaching the outside zone, so we didn't run the outside zone, you know. But but you, you figure out what you're good at, and that's what you really practice and get good at doing. And, you know, there again, learn that from Bobby Hall, Mike Justice, Marcus Bowles, people that, that did a few things but did them well. Made your way through the high school ranks. You you end up at Brandon, ended up with a pretty good quarterback there. And then all of a sudden, Gardner goes junior college, goes to East Carolina, and then ends up with Mike Leach. And how how crazy was it for you? And then, you know, you were on staff with Dan for Mike Leach to get the job. And it's almost like, you know, you were the, the first stone. And I saw Flynn at the fair the other night, which is so funny. He was leading Coach Leach around, which was in itself so funny as well. But what was it like seeing a guy like him, a, a guy that you coached in high school, kind of just take the nation? You know, people people ask me, a lot of times I forget who where all of the coaches. and said, man, who's the best quarterback you ever coached? And I said, well, it's Gardner Minshew. I mean, obviously he's an NFL player, but, you know, Gardner was that guy. I can remember when Coach Hall started a, a quarterback camp, and me and Will Hall and Tyler Peterson and Marcus Bowles, we all worked the camp, and Gardner came to the camp when he was in about the sixth grade. He was the smallest kid there, you know, but he just – even then, he did everything right. He was just so small. And then he came back in the seventh grade, the eighth grade. 
uh, and then I take the job at Brandon, and he's one of the first kids I see. I was meeting with all the eighth graders, and and I saw I saw Gardner, and but just you know Gardner was a guy that just unbelievably smart, uh, studied the game, just just grasp it. The ultimate winner, I mean, just like right now, I mean, he he's not going to lay down for Trevor Lawrence and say, hey, it's your job. He's going to fight to try to win the job, and, and I can promise you he's not going to lay down. You know, but what was your question? Well, I was just talking about Gardner Minshew, but I was going to segue to this. But you, you brought in an offensive coordinator, a guy that we've known pretty much all of our lives as well, and why Rodgers, and why it was the offensive coordinator at Brandon. Now you see Will, who – as a kid that we've seen since he was five years old, grew up through, and now he's your starting quarterback at Mississippi State. Will Rogers last year thrown into the mix as a freshman, which was so interesting. But for us and Charlie, and it's it's hard to kind of grasp the kid that we saw roaming the sidelines, who was a ball boy for his dad, now is a starting quarterback in the Southeastern Conference. Will, he has that drive as well. Uh, he's always had it. He's always been a great athlete. I mean, I can remember when he was, like I said, five, six, seven years old playing Little League Baseball in Louisville, and he was the best player out there. Um, you know, when they came to Brandon, and, and Will was probably in the sixth or seventh grade when they came, and just, uh, no, he was younger than that. He was probably in the fourth grade. And, I mean, just, just was always around at practice every day, throwing the ball, but getting the opportunity to be around Gardner – obviously helped him too because now he gets to see a guy that, that does everything right and takes pride in every little drill and and will. I think he would have been that way anyway, but getting to see an NFL quarterback in the high school ranks get to do it obviously made him better as well. Where do you see Will when you look back at that freshman year? And we talk all the time. We say that athletes tend to see the biggest jump. And maybe we're wrong about this, but at least the idea a lot of times is you see guys – really improve between year one and year two, can kind of have a big, steep curve. Where do you see Will right now in that progression? Yeah, I think absolutely. I mean, you're, you're going to get better as you play. And, you know, the speed of the game is always when you take that step up, whether it's from junior high to high school, then high school to college, and then obviously college to NFL. And, and you know the speed of the game when Will first got started. It was just coming at him so fast. Didn't have a spring tra- uh, spring training to go through. I mean, he graduates early to get a break, to you know, to get to get a jump on it, and then it, he really don't get a jump on it other than the weight room for nine weeks. So for him to be able to do that in year one, obviously he's going to be a lot better because he has been through not only a whole season but a spring training uh, and now getting ready to start fall camp coming up. Talking to Brad Peterson, Brad Peterson, the former – what were you, the, the high school relations guy? Is that what you were? I think my title changed every year. It, that's what I'm saying. It changed just about every year. <laughs> but, yeah, basically high school relations. And so we're here on Sunday Coffee in the Farm Bureau Studios in downtown Starville. We're brought to you by Strange Brew Coffee House. Strange Brew, they have three locations, two here in Starville, one on University Drive. It's a new location. Of course, the, the old Woody's right there at the corner of Spring Street and Highway 12. And they've got Churn and Spoon there as well. They also have their location in Tupelo, Brupolo, and so Strange Brew Coffee House bringing you our Sunday coffee. And so along those lines, and I actually spent some time with Coach Leach on Friday, and he was trying to talk about you know where players get better as far as getting better year one to two. Last year, nobody had spring practice. I mean, there wasn't a team out there that had spring practice. But what did it do for us when you're trying to change a completely change a system 
and not have spring practice, what was last year like when you finally could get all the guys together and try to implement an offense without a spring practice? Well, there, there's, there's a couple ways you look at it. Number one, it, it spring practice every year is a little bit different and of, in, in of, of the difference of importance for you. Obviously, a brand-new staff coming in, it is extremely important. First of all, for the players to learn how to practice their way, uh, the system, the drills. I mean, just everything about it is so important. It's so important for the coaches to figure out, you know, and everybody says, well, the coach got to figure out who can play. Well, they got to figure out which players respond to what kind, kind of coaching as well. And, and, and if the kid is a cancer on the team or if he's a, a leader, a winner, a motivator, I mean, it's so much that goes into it. You know, now the, the flip side of that is Coach Leach's offense is, is a simple offense to learn. For our guys, so they were able to learn it just in meetings. Now the difference was they didn't get to go on the field and do it. So once we started practice, which obviously was delayed, uh, but once we finally got out there, I mean the guys knew exactly what to do. Now obviously there's a lot they still had to learn about the passing game and, and especially the receivers and spacing and stuff. But as far as just knowing the plays, they had it down. You talk about that offense. If one were to spend a lot of time reading the internet which I would suggest that would Nobody be everyone's <laughs> best interest not to do. But if one were to do that, they would see people say things like, this offense can't work against a zone, it can't work against a drop eight. You've seen it. Is that a matter of execution or is it a flaw within the offense? This staff and Coach Leach have seen every possible defense. Just like a coach that coaches the wishbone or the eye or whatever – they have answers for everything. They're not just calling plays. Well, Coach Leach is not just calling passing plays. It's not just, oh, let's run this play this time. He's got answers to everything built in, just like every other offensive coach does on their offense. So he knows if you're going to give us this, here's what we're going to do. If you're going to give us this, here's what we're going to do. Again, a, a lot of, I think, what was happening, we had a young quarterback. Well, we had two quarterbacks, both of them learning a new system, receivers having to figure it out. Again, we, we, we did hit a stumbling block there early when we were trying to figure out, I think, who our quarterbacks were. Uh, and I think once Will took the job, I think you saw us keep getting better. You know, I, I, I can remember I was coaching in, in – I ain't going to say the name of the school. I was coaching, and I had two different quarterbacks. And one of them, man, we, were, we, we couldn't block for them at all. We were getting sacked. The other quarterback come in, and all of a sudden, we were blocking like crazy for him. But when you went and watched the film, the blocking was exactly the same. The quarterback was just getting the getting rid of the ball a little quicker. He was moving around in the pocket a little bit more. But it sure made it look like we were a lot better with him at quarterback because we were, and it had nothing to do with the offensive line. I think you saw that with us last year. I think it looked like when we had one starter in, the line was not blocking as well, and but then when Will was in, we didn't get sacked as much. And, and we got the ball thrown down to uh, our receivers and, and was able to put some first downs together. Talking to Brad Peterson, the former member of the staff here at Mississippi State, and I want to remind you, Brad, that, that you no longer work for Mike Leach. And so you can say whatever you whatever you want to say. Make sure that you say it to Charlie, not me. <laughs> um, so along those, along those lines about the progressions of a quarterback and how you get better as a quarterback, you saw this team in spring practice. And so the question that so many people have is if there's going to be a market improvement with this team, where is it going to be? 
I, I think offensively is going to be our improvement. I really do. Uh, just because, again, guys are, are, are grasping it better. Uh, they've had a whole season and a spring uh, to go through it. They've had a summer. you got to think, last summer they were not allowed to go on the field without coaches in throw. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that, that kids across this nation weren't finding somewhere to go throw the football with each other, but they couldn't do it on campus. So they missed everything. You know, where now they've had a spring, they've had a time during the summer where they can go out there on their own without coaches and throw the football every day. Uh, so all that's going to make a make a huge difference. But I, I think offensively we'll be a lot better. You know, Coach Arnett did a great job defensively last year and uh, really confused a lot of people and, and brought pressure from everywhere. And, uh, you know, I think we'll be really good on defense again. But I think offensively is gonna, where you're going to see a, a lot of improvement. Again, just because our receivers and our quarterbacks, they know more of what we're doing. So I was having the discussion with somebody the other day, and we were talking about high school coaching and players – being ready to play. And I made the argument that I thought the position in high school that got the least amount of valuable coaching overall was wide receiver in the sense that a lot of times you're just the best athlete and it's run down the field, go get open. Number one, do you agree with me there? And number two, do you see this receiving core kind of benefiting now from your coaching to itself maybe taking a step forward? Yeah, you know, high school football, the problem is the amount of time you have to spend with them, you know, because that same that same receiver, I can assure you, he's playing basketball and he's probably playing baseball or running track. And so you're not working with him year round. So you say, well, you got all summer. Well, you do. And in the month of June, he's playing basketball and he's playing baseball, you know, and, and so and the other part about high school, you know, they get out of class at 2.30. And on Monday nights, you got a JV game. And on Tuesday nights, you got a junior high game you got to go to. And on Wednesday and Thursday, you're not going to practice long anyway because you got your game on Friday. So they just do not have the opportunity to get the amount of reps. It's not necessarily the, the quality of coaching or lack of coaching. It's just a time factor. I mean, you're trying to get it in. Uh, and, you know, if you try to practice for three hours, you're going to end up losing them anyway. So it's a fine line there. Hey, you coached at Newton. You went to East Central College with you in mind. You know Chris Weems, don't you? I know Chris Weems. Yeah. So Chris Weems and Tracks Plus, one of our new sponsors. And the thing that the, those guys are doing, they got two locations right now, one in Hickory on the I-20 right there at the Hickory exit, and then a new location here on Highway 82 between Startwell and Columbus. And they sell all kind of equipment, Trax Plus, T-R-A-X, Trax Plus, and their Barco equipment is great for foresters. And if you're in the woods, they have a big line with Barco. And then the Saney equipment with construction, S-A-N-Y, their Saney equipment, excavators, mini excavators. We need a mini excavator. You can do anything with a mini excavator. I bet I am the only person in this studio who has never driven a tractor, an <laughs> excavator, or anything of the kind. <laughs> Charlie, you need a you need a mini excavator. I would. I drove by. In fact, I thought about this. I passed Tracks Plus going to Columbus the other day, and it just looked like something I need. If I got one, and I'm going to get one, I don't know how to crank it. That's what I was about to say, Charlie. There are two kinds of people. There are people that know how to run a mini excavator, and there are people who will hire someone to run a mini excavator. 
and I think we can we can work on some kind of trade. Oh, you're going to run. I'm going to hire. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So, Chris Weems and Fag Gang at uh, Tracks Plus, one of our Sunday Coffee sponsors as well. Talking to Brad Peterson, former staff member at Mississippi State, and that's you know, what Charlie said a moment ago about kind of drilling down on the offensive side. If you were to pick a part, a spot of the offense where this team will be better, is it wide receiver? Is it offensive line? Is it the quarterback position? Is it a mix of everything? But if, if you were to drill down and say, okay, this is going to be completely different than what you saw last year in a good way, what would you say? I don't know that anything's going to be completely different. I think you're going to see every aspect be better. The offensive line is going to be better. They've got more depth. They've got more guys that understand it. Uh, The receivers, the same thing. The quarterbacks, again, uh, either Will Rogers is going to be your starter as the returner or the guy that beats him out is going to be better than Will, you know. so, I mean, you, you're going to be better there, and, and, and then your running backs are all back, you know. So, it, it's going to be better offensively, and, and I don't think any of it is going to be drastically better because I thought we got better as the year went on. You know, and I think we'll continue to get better offensively. So, it's again, I don't think any spot is going to be that much more improved. I mean, they're all going to be more improved, don't get me wrong, but I don't think one group's going to be that much more improved over the other group. It's interesting. Bart and I last year would – get together and then we would be done we're kind of packing up the equipment and say boy this defense is going to be awful you know we, we were talking you know all the word coming out of camp was that this defense was not going to be just bad but historically bad turned out they were pretty good what they get right over there did they have some players that people just didn't recognize they do a good job of coaching it was it all the above Obviously, you got to have players to be good, you know. But but the coaching staff did a great job. And and here's the thing I think that scared everybody early, well, it's including me. I mean, you're sitting there and you're watching practice every day, and ninety percent of the practice they're having to go against our offense, and we're sitting here thinking, oh boy, we're fixing to line up against this school and this school and this school, and they're not going to throw the ball like this. How in the world are we going to stop them? But that's where the coaches did such a great job is when they weren't going against our offense, they were working so hard on just fundamental defense of stopping other offenses they were going to see in the SEC. And, and like I said, they did a great job of it. Coach Arnett, every week he'd walk by and he'd be like, we're awful, we're awful. I said, Coach, we're pretty good. You know, <laughs> we we got to get better. I said, well, I understand we got to get better. But uh, they, they did a great job. We lost some guys along that front line last year, but we've got some, some guys coming in, some new guys. You talk about the, the Charlton kid who's, from all the indications, has been really good in the offseason. Where do you see on the defensive side this team could be a little bit better this year than last year? You know, obviously I think you start at your corners. I think we got two really, really good corners. Uh, you know, you question your depth there. I mean, just because you got some guys behind them that hadn't played very much. Our defensive line, I think, is solid to start with. I think our ends, uh, that hybrid guy they have, I think that those guys are really, really good. Your outside backers, I think, are good. You know, the, the questions, you know, kind of fall a little bit on the inside. You know, your 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 your, your two front guys, uh, your your lineback inside linebackers, and your safeties, kind of your middle of the field. I think you're good where you start. The question comes is with depth, and and that's the thing I learned first year with Dan is, you know, you got to play a lot of players because it's a long season, it's a physical league, 
uh, and you've got to have depth. And that, that's the question. I think it's a question for everybody. And we had that depth kind of challenged last year a good bit. I mean, that was one of the things we said going in is not only did we think we really didn't know what we had. I mean, we didn't. We had we never heard of a Sean Preston or a size Furge and, and some of these guys that that you saw a lot of last year. And then you had the, the compounding injuries. You had some opt outs. You had you know just so many different things on that defensive side. So we had to play a lot of different guys. And so you may see a little bit more there. Brad, we're talking to Brad Peterson. You know, overall, what's going through the mindset right now of players? You're in the first week of of August. Camp is officially beginning. And so, yeah, those guys have been here pretty much all summer long now. And it's amazing how it's changed now. You know, 10, 15 years ago, everybody would report right now. And now these guys have been here. What's the difference in what they've been doing two weeks ago compared to what they're going to do this week? Well, you know, this this week coming up, when practice officially starts, when camp starts, and I'll talk a little bit about what camp truly is, you know, up until this point, it's been more strength, conditioning, a little bit of football, whatever the coaches get per week. I don't even know the rules change every year, especially with COVID. Uh, so I'm not even sure what the coaches are getting right now with the players in meeting-wise, but they can't be on the field with them. Uh, so it's more in the strength and conditioning department right now and making sure those guys are ready to go. Uh, you know, and then when summer school ends, they get five or six days off, and they know that's their last time to go home until hopefully Christmas break where they get to go home for two or three days before they report to their bowl site. Uh, so, you know, they're just getting ready. So once they report for camp, which I think somebody said practice starts the 5th, so it means they'll probably report on the 4th or 3rd, you know, and those turn into all-day affairs for them. I mean, they will start that morning with, with a obviously breakfast and watching film and meetings and special teams meetings and then a walkthrough and then go eat lunch and have about an hour off your feet and then back to meetings and special teams meetings and go to practice, shower, eat dinner, and then come back for another team meeting. I mean, it, it is just a – it's an all-day for about 10 days before classes start, you know. And that's the shock and all for freshmen. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, and and, that, and that's the reason, you know, they, they try to put those guys all together, living, whether it's in a hotel or, or, or dorms together, uh, just so that they won't be so shocked. You know, in my five years here, we had one freshman that got more homesick than any other one, and that was Willie Gay. <laughs> we, no, I'm serious. We, and, I, and, I, and, and, it's, and it is comical and funny, but I guess the part – I mean, his mom was just right down the road, and he was like, "I'm just gonna go stay with her," you know. And and it was it was two or three days there that we, you know, had to call him. Willie, you got to stay at home. I know I know Jay Perry had to deal with it a lot. Like <laughs> Willie, you can't be staying at home. You got to stay in the dorm. And so we finally got that straightened out. So, but yeah, you want them to be around each other, and uh, because it is tough on those freshmen. I am proud you made it up here this morning. I'm very proud of you. <laughs> Hey, it's it's a different lifestyle I'm living now. I'm not. I'm not. You know. Well, I think I think uh, Friday was the hottest day of the year. Mississippi State had a had a, a, a camp that day. At, I think from like twelve to three, and I'm sitting here thinking, you know, I could be out there at that camp, and, uh, miserable, oh and uh, 
Did you go to the fair this past week? Speaking of hot and miserable at times. Well, that's kind of the reason I stayed away from the fair this week. It was hot and miserable. <laughs> it was, man, it was hot down there. I did the show last week sitting on the front porch. We got Brad Cumbus to come by. Charlie was here. Charlie, Charlie won't, he won't uh, venture down to the fair. I think we'd eat him alive down there. You know, we, we, we tend to go about once every three years for about one night. <laughs> <laughs> I go about once a lifetime, and I did that when I was 12. So I'm all good from here. Yep. Well, and once again, we're in the Farm Bureau studios here in Startville Farm Bureau. Go with the home team. They have agents throughout the state of Mississippi in every county, and they'll work up a quote for you for any anything from your, your house to your car, anything you need from an insurance standpoint. Go with the home team at Farm Bureau. All right, Brad, let's go in together and get one of those mulchers. Chris Weems at Trax Plus, they sell those mulchers. You know what I'm talking about? I do. You think we can get Chris to come run it for us on the side? We, we need a cab. <laughs> we need a cab so the so the wasp won't get us and we got an air conditioner. That's what we need. No doubt. Hey, appreciate you hanging out with us today. We, we may ask you back every now and then when we want you to say some things that we can't. Is that okay? So if we're mad about a loss, yeah, that's we can what call I'm saying. The guy who doesn't get a paycheck anymore. <laughs> yeah, I probably won't answer my phone those weeks. <laughs> hey, appreciate it, Brad. Good to see you. Thank y'all. And that's Brad Peterson. And you've been listening. Hey, Charlie, enjoyed it as always. Enjoyed it. It's hard to believe, man. Football's right around the corner. It's, well, it, that long baseball season makes for a short summer. It does. I always said, and I said this last week. It's almost like the fair to me is the start of football season. Because to be honest with you, back when we played, and, and Brad can probably attest to this, it was almost like the first week of football practice was always the week of the fair. And it was almost like the guys, you know, some of those guys wanted to go to the fair every night. And David Chambers would try to run it out of you, you know, in, in the morning and in two days. I could call out several uh, <laughs> state troopers that played with me. Uh, they they were at that fair most every night, and uh, they struggled during those two a days because that's back when you had two a days, and and the fair was going on. Absolutely, man. Think about how much things have changed, even in the high school since the two a days in 1983 and 1985 look a oh. lot different than they do today, man. There's no such thing anymore. I mean, guys, the players don't even know what two a days are. Uh, coaches don't even know what they are. I mean, you just you don't do them. Um, what you're saying is, if you if if I took Sims right now and gave him hose water, he would tell me how <laughs> gross it was. But let me tell you something: that was the best tasting stuff in the world. Oh man, <laughs> I remember Robert Herring down in. Uh, of course, Brad, I remember Robert Herring who passed away just about a year and a half ago. Great football coach, but his big thing was grape Kool Aid. Really, that he would dump about three boxes of salt in and as terrible as it was i found myself even now as an adult kind of wanting a little bit of salt in my (laughs) kool-aid hey good to see you boys i don't however want any water out of that hose on the baseball field oh you always had to practice on a baseball field in the outfield or something i don't want anything to do with that yep hose water man all right Mm. appreciate you guys hanging out with us on the sunday coffee